Good morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's try that again. Good morning, all of you that are watching online and those that are here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you missed it, the first thing I showed today was a video of what happened on November the 9th, which was as prophesied in Revelations chapter 16, verse 3, that the river Nile will be turned into blood. The river will turn into blood before the great and terrible, notable day of the Lord. Hallelujah. As a pastor, I have to guard my life because he's coming soon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are we good? Hallelujah. He's coming soon. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Is your neighbors ready? Is your family ready? Hallelujah. There's no saying that we can't, that we will be here next Sunday because we may be raptured. There's nothing holding the rapture back right now. Every prophecy is fulfilled. The red heifers are ready. And they, they, what is about the heifers? Well, after 2,000 years, these red cows show up. You think it's prophetic? Oh, I know it is. They had to be inspected. They couldn't have any blemish on them. They could only have two hairs on them that were not red. What's that all about? They're going to be used for the temple sacrifices. What's the temple all about? There's going to be a temple that the Antichrist sits in. I could show you another video right now where they show the Yehuda. Um, uh, what they believe is a false prophet or the, for us it would be the false prophet or the false messiah he's already showed up they're all kissing his hands and his feet they're worshipping him to the point that and, and apparently he's done miracles all these things now he's a false messiah the bible says he'd be there and uh, you know I'm telling you if you're not ready get ready for God if you're not hooked up in the church run to the things of God because you will give an account of everything that you've done in your body. Whether you've used your gifts and your talents. Whether your candle is lit or not. Are you hot for Jesus this morning? That's my only concern. I mean, yes, we pray for healing and we're going to have a great sermon coming up. But are you ready? Have you pulled back? The ten virgins, they were virgins. But five of them never made it in. He said, I don't know you. Are you sure you're washed in the blood of the Lamb? And there's no other gods before you right now. No other things that are more interesting and exciting and God is boring and all that kind of stuff. Come on, guys. I know this is going out on YouTube. At least 150 people are going to see this. Are you ready? And those 150 could turn into 500. They can, as you go to your neighbors, go to the highways and byways. The king is coming. And I will be responsible as I walk alone to the throne of God. No kids, no spouse, no nothing, no dog, nothing. I will stand before him and give an account of what I have spoken over this pulpit. What I have said to you, I will give an account. So i got to get the words out there. Get ready. The king is coming. Get ready. Hallelujah. We're in the last days. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We get to again share the Word of God. Such a powerful truth from the Word of God that we've been bringing out the last few weeks. On um, last week, I called it Talking Spirit. Today, I call it Speak Victory. Speak Victory. 
is so important to understand from the Word of God that we are the authors of our own life. You say, I gave my life to Jesus. So did the guys in the boat. Was Jesus in the boat? They, they were serving him, but the boat was full of water. Amen? There's a lot of Christians that, that are, yes, I signed up at an altar. Yeah, I made Jesus Lord five years ago, ten years ago, thirty years ago. And nothing's really worked out since. I know that. I know there's frustration in people. And I'm going to tell you something. It's at your door. We can change that today. How did a Smith Wigglesworth make a Smith Wigglesworth? A 50-year-old plumber who was living in sin, who had a spouse that would not stop going to church. He said, you go to church and you're sleeping outside. He says, okay. She went to church, slept outside, came in that morning, made him breakfast, gave her a kiss, made him breakfast, and he saw the love of God on her, made Jesus Christ the Lord, changed his life. How did someone that yesterday might have been fitting your pipes, the next day he's so powerful, well, it took a while, but he got to get saved, and he gets into the word of God, and he won't compromise, and signs and wonders and miracles follow his life. How did that change? Did God finally wake up and say, Mr. Plummer, no. What happened? The man opened the door to Jesus and he followed him with his spirit man and he started speaking and calling those things that are not and he started doing, doing, acting according to the word of God and started seeing signs and wonders in his ministry and 23 people were raised from the dead um, amongst hundreds and hundreds of people that were saved, delivered and set free from a plumber, pipe fitter to a powerful man of God. Oh, Robert, sick with tuberculosis. How did that happen? That he came off that deathbed and came into uh, being one of the most powerful evangelists. Kenneth E. Hagan, how did that happen from being on a deathbed and uh, spoke God's word and wrote Mark eleven twenty three? No, he didn't, but where it says, if you say to the mountain, mountain be removed, and do not doubt in your heart, you will have whatsoever you say. Yeah. That's the footnote of his life. That's what he did. If he could stand here right now, he would tell you, you know what changed my life? I saw in the word of God, Mark eleven twenty three. I started from being a skinny uh, um, boy laying at 16 years of age, having gone down to hell twice and to he heaven once as he died three times prior to being healed. I saw both sides. I see the word of God. It's real. It's true. And from there, he became one of the most powerful teachers of the Word of God. In fact, I remember sharing this with you. I'll share it again. When he was in his mother's womb, there was a rustling in the trees as she was walking down the sidewalk. And out of that came a voice that says, the child that you're carrying in your wombs, womb is to be named John. She called him Kenneth. He told us that later. He said he will be the forerunner of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went home in 2003. And yes, we are, you know, I mean, one day with the Lord. If, you're, if your parent died 10 years ago, they're like 10 minutes up in heaven right now. They're barely going through the gates. So one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And so, you know, so 
you can say, well, why didn't he come in 2004? You know, it's so short in the heavenly uh, uh, dis dispensation timing. You know, we, we, he says he's going to wait 2,000 years before he comes again. That's what he said to the, the man that was injured on the side of the road. He gave to the innkeeper enough money for two days, which is two days with the Lord is a thousand years. The inn is a type of the church. Remember the guy that, that was beat up on the side of the road and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they all passed by and they, they, uh, they not, nobody could help but Jesus. And so we're here today. I'm telling you, there is nothing. I, I'm going to say this honestly. I have an opportunity to sell my car, possibly. And I thought to myself, do I really have the time to mess with another one? I, I, there's just something inside of me. I don't know if I want to. I probably will if I do sell it. But I don't know. I want to so push into God right now. Yes. So push into that. Uh, nothing else really matters. And I know. I mean, I painted our basement on Monday. And I was down there. And it, it, uh, I went through a whole seminar, pastoral seminar. I couldn't do it without that. My spirit man would be jumping up and down saying, I need food, I need food, help me. Amen. And so I urge you in these last days to push into God like never before. Yes. You online too, push in. Yes. Get off the couch. You know, Make Jesus the Lord by obeying his word. In fact, that will tie into what I'm going to share this morning. Out of, uh, let's go to, um, well, I want to just recap on a scripture that we did last week in Luke chapter 6. Verse 45, Luke 6, 45, yay, amen. If you weren't here last week, this is so important for all of us to remember. Each troll, uh, we go back to verse, yeah, we'll start with 45. Uh, the upright, honorable, intrinsical good man out of his good treasure store of his heart produces what is upright, honorable, intrinsical. Where does it come from? God dropping it in? Uh, it, it, you have to load yourself with the word of God. But God is never going to force a heart to accept him. It's not going to force a heart to hear the word of God. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear this, but oh, you're making me. No, he's not. The heart has to be open. You receive it. And out of your heart, uh, you will be known. It says you will bring forth that which is... Uh, the evil man will bring, the good man will bring forth the good stuff. The evil man will bring forth out of his storehouse. Say storehouse. storehouse. Brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, and intrinsically evil. You say, well, I'm not going to go rob banks. How about unbelief? The Bible calls unbelief evil. Anything that is not in line with God is considered evil. It's not of his will. Amen. Hallelujah. And so just pulling back from God is considered evil. Just not being hot for God is considered evil. For out of the abundance, overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. We'll know what's on the inside of you. Amen. Why do you call me Lord? Jesus now lays into them uh, with the truth. Lord, and do not practice what I tell you. For everyone who comes to me and listens to my word in order to heed the teaching and does not does not uh, do them i will show you what he's like he's like a builder a builder of a house who dug out and went deep and laid a foundation upon the rock and when 
A flood arose. The torrent broke the, against the house and could not shake or move it because he had been uh, securely built upon the rock. Yeah. And that's where we left you last week to go down deep. Remember I said, go down deep in the things of God. Amen. So ultimately, I'm, I, you load yourself with the word of God. You can do The faith comes by hearing. So your ears are going to be involved. It could be your tongue speaking it so that your ears hear. Hear the good report. What are we speaking over our children? What are we saying over everything that we uh, are believing God for? Are we calling those things that are not as though they were, which is in Romans chapter 4, uh, just before Abraham and Sarah. Remember that example where Abraham was uh, super dead, nothing worked uh, sexually, might as well say that, nothing worked in her life anymore. She's 99, he's uh, pushing 100. You know, uh, um, what, what's going to work? Nothing's working. And that, right before that, God spoke to them and said, who calls, the Holy Spirit arranged the Bible, and it says, uh, who calleth things that are not as though they were. This is what God does. And now we got the same spirit. We're talking spirits. And then Abraham and Sarah got involved. And he's looking at her. What could he say? Old woman. Old lady. We're not going to get this done. How impossible does it look? You ever gone or had an impossible situation? Maybe your grandkids. Maybe your children. Maybe your spouse. What is impossible for you? If you can figure it out in the natural, if you can make, you know, just make a few arrangements of payment and you've got it done, well, that was in the natural. But what if you come up to a wall of cancer or a wall of they're going to take your house away or a wall of, of uh, uh, some kind of discouragement? What are you going to do? Is it going to be, I had this picture this morning, it's not a vision, but you know, like in London, they have the mists, you know, the fog that rolls into London. And there's one time where they, they were talking about two guys. They were driving a car, one opposite of the other. And they both put their head out of the window because the mist was so thick. And they, boom, they banged heads. And I don't know if the one died or two died or whatever. But, but uh, so, so if in our spiritual life, if the mist is that thick that you're walking through and you can't see, are you just depending on the word that was put into your spirit, man, if it was put in, and you're going to see yourself on the other side of that mist? Yes. Are you dependent on that? Hallelujah. That is what faith is all about. And that's what we get to share today. And uh, let's go to one more scripture before we go into... No, I don't want that one. In uh, Romans 10. Thank you, Lord. Again, I, the Bible says, if you do my word, if you are de- doing the principles of God's word... That's what he wants to see in your life. And he's given us enough information to confront every situation head on. Amen? Every situation. I can hardly find an account in the Word of God, whether it's the walls of Jericho, whether it's the Tower of Baal, or whether it is uh, David and Goliath, or whether it's uh, Psalm 91. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. I can hardly find any account where... The tongue is not used to, to basically guide the ship through the mist. Amen? The tongue is used as a rudder to guide the ship through the mist of what you can't see right now. And that is a principle all through the Word of God. 
Somebody said it first. Somebody laid it out with their tongue because out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth speaks. I want to get into Luke chapter 1 here in a, in a second of somebody that had it all. Was, he was prophesied over everything should have worked out and it didn't. And so I don't want to be that guy. If I interview, it's John the Baptist. If I interview John the Baptist, say, John, what went wrong? I'm, I'm sure he would say, you know, somewhere down there I got discouraged. And we'll get to that in a second. But let's lay out the principle here first. In uh, Ro uh, Romans 10, it says again, what, but what does it say? So we need to perk up our spiritual ears and say, well, what does the word say concerning salvation? What does it say? So I got to find out. What does it say? Because the word salvation is... You could read uh, Romans 10, 9 and say, what does it say about healing? What does it say about security? What does it say about safety? What does it say about a sound mind in these last days? Yeah. What does the word say? Okay, so now you could be thinking, well, I don't know. Well, tell me what it says. Well, let's say you were dealing with uh, security issues or mind issues. What are you saying uh, that the word says. What are you saying that the word says? Are you saying something separate of the word? Are you doing something? Or does, does what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, where it says the one that digs deep, 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 deep is the one that's going to have a sure foundation in these last days. What does the word say? And that's all up to us to uh, put that into us. And so... It, um, it says, but what does it say? The word, God's message, is near you. It's on your lips and in your heart. Well, so I have to find out. I have to make Luke chapter 6, 45 line with this one here. What's in my heart? What are my lips going to say and what's in my heart? Right? The word, God's message, is near you. It's on your lips or in your heart. Or is it my opinion is near me? It's on my lips or on them. it's in my heart. Or Dr. Seuss's, you know, How to Raise Children. What a book of garbage. You know, doc, everybody's got a new revelation. In fact, I was, I was watching yesterday, the, the mayor of a certain town, he went and he sat in front of the school, the school board was here, and he went and he got, went and sat in the front chair. It was her, his turn to speak. And he says, I'm the mayor of this town. He says, and... Um, I am declaring and stating right now that all of you either get all those books because they're all these perverted books out of the school libraries right now or as a mayor, I'm telling you this here, as a school board, you're going to do this. Why? Why are they doing that? They're feeding the kids. So what will they say from their lips and from their heart? Moms and dads, we got to put the word of God into our kids hard right now. What does it He sat there. I love the courage of this man. And uh, you were telling me about the cat woman there, Aliyah, uh, who uh, another lady that stood up in front of the council because, and she dressed up as a cat. I watched this one too. And she said, uh, you know, like they're all like, why are you dressed like a cat? Well, you have in the schools, you have litter boxes for, your chi for the children to pee in. That's how depraved, you haven't heard that? Litter boxes because a student may identify as a cat. So they're not going to use the toilet. Well, how did that come? What are you saying? 
What is deep in your heart? What is deep in your children's heart? Anyways, he sat there and said, all of you will either take the books out of the library, thank God, or you're all going to be arrested. Ooh, and he walked back to his chair. He knew the perversion that the left is bringing on our children. And it's the same process. Now again, how hard we go for God is up to us. How deep the foundation, how much are we saying from our heart that is coming across our lips? We're not going to make it. Oh, it's too dark. Oh man, there's trouble. I know there's trouble. There's tremendous trouble out there. You and I are rising up as an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit, speaking God's word. You and I are taking our identity as children of the Most High God. We're going to take our place even if we stand alone. We're going to take our place. And I know the Spirit of the Lord will be upon me and He's anointed me. Hallelujah. And He's anointed you to stand in places and stand for God's Word and stand on speaking God's Word and not letting go of the principles of God's Word so that I end up being one of the virgins that will not be going when He says, Come. I'm going to stick with the Word of God. Amen. These principles are not, they're not hard. It says, what does the word of God say? It is near you. It's on your lips. It's on your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis, and the object of faith which we preach. What is what we preach? It's the word of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, first of all, he comes in, and in your heart believe, adhere to trust and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, healed, safety, soundness, deliverance, and security. It's all there for the child of God. Coming over our lips with a deep, 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 deep deep-rooted word that we're just not going to let go of ever. You just don't let it go. I don't care what it looks like. What are we saying in these days? We're going to speak the victory. Amen. For with the heart a person believes. I would say a loaded heart. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. A heart that is just not going to let go. Well, we used to believe. Brother Copeland said it yesterday. He says, you know what? There's people that say, well, we don't speak the, you know, we don't do the word of faith. We don't do this and this anymore. It hasn't worked for us. It just did. It just did. It got you to back off from the principles that are so easily found in God's word. You just backed off. And that's only the open door to the rest of what's going to happen. When you release the word and Jesus and say, well, you know, it's not that important. Or, you know, well, this kind of stuff. No, 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 a thousand times no. Stay with the word of God. Because here's what the Bible says. The scripture says, no man who believes, and of course does what I said, goes deep and speaks from the lips. Verse 11. The scripture says, no man who believes in him, who adheres to, relies and trusts on him, will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. Hallelujah. Go drop down to 15. And how then can men accept um, to preach unless they are sent? As, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of the good tidings uh, of good things. I'll say that again. 
How welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of good tidings and good things. Um, but they have not all heeded, oops, oops, the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed, had faith in what he has heard from us. I know I, I sit there sometimes, Lord, where is everybody? Who has heard the good report? Who's acting on this year? And I keep hearing this year, what did he say to Isaiah? There are 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal yet. Hush up and keep going. So Isaiah looked around and he said, Who has believed our report? Go. I told you to go and I'll work out the details. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll work out the details. So faith comes by hearing what is told. So we're going to keep on with the good gospel, the good word. We're going to keep seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. And people are going to realize, whoa, signs, wonders, and miracles. And uh, so faith comes by hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ the Messiah himself. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Say, I'm staying with the word. With the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now go deep. Yes. Go deep. I'm telling you, go deep. Because if uh, we could go to Mark chapter 4 right now, which I'm not going to. Uh, Mark chapter 4 is very clear that there are some people that would say, Amen, Pastor. Amen. Very good word. And then walk out and say, what did he say? Or this devil comes right away to take that word out. It's all about the word. It's all about the location of the word. For, for us to speak victory over our lips, there has to be a burning furnace in our hearts. Hallelujah. Tank yourself on the word of God. Go hard with the things of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow. Don't do the Isaiah 53.1 where he says, Who has believed our report? Go hot for God. Go hot for God. Amen. Yes. All right. So in Luke chapter 1, I want to bring our attention to, to the cousin of Jesus. Now, uh, it starts, and, and yes, it's early Christmas already. <laughs> it starts, um, while on duty, verse 8 of Luke chapter 1, while on duty serving as priest before God in the order of the, the division, as was the custom of the priesthood, it fell upon him. This is Zechariah, by law to enter into the sanctuary, the temple of the Lord, to burn incense. And all the throng of people were praying outside. I don't want to be them. I don't want to be on the outside. I want to be where Jesus wants me to be. Yes. They were in the court at the house of incense burning. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar. Hallelujah. Now that's an exciting experience. The Bible uh, tells us of those encounters. Young men will have vision. Old men will have dreams. Uh, in these last days, I'm believing for more of that to happen. We can't ask for it. But if it happens, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Amen. That, uh, because we're pushing into a time right now where, where um, again, Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? We're pushing on. We've got to get tenacious with it. Uh, and uh, I'm serious, we, you got till seven days before next week, dig out some books, dig out certain subjects, dig out whatever, go again, pray in the spirit, pray early in the morning, 
you know, walk the floor, spend time with the Father, and rekindle, if, if, if the fire, is, the wick has gone out, rekindle some of the joy of your salvation. You know, I'm just going to encourage you because i got to encourage myself. Everybody can get yeah. under it and leave it on the table and, and walk away for, get back to it. We don't have time. Hallelujah. Be excited about the things of God. You don't know where you're going to end up with the things of God. And there appeared to him an angel at the right hand. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because you are, uh, your petition was heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you must call his name John, meaning God is favorable. Hallelujah. So God is coming through the words alone. The name alone is going to mean God is favorable. Everybody that's going to see John the baby say, what's that all about? Why do you call him John? Because God is favorable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. What, you. what their job would be to go home and say, what do you mean favorable? In the Old Testament, there's judgment in that. What do you mean favorable? Oh, a new, oh Isaiah 61. It's a new time period. Isaiah uh, um, 60. Arise from depression. Jesus has come. Arise up to the newness of life. It's exciting under Jesus. He came with favor, blessings. John chapter 1, verse 12. Blessings and gifts and all these things. He came with them because you loved him and he loved you with all his heart. Amen. And so his name is John. There's a few things that we can learn here. You can see Zechariah. They were praying for a while. And that angel says, you were already heard. You already got you know, you got heard. I'm telling you, you were heard in the heavens. That should encourage anybody that's praying right now that, that you are heard. He just happened to have an angel tell him that you were heard and you're going to have a son. And you shall have joy and exalting delight and many will rejoice over his birth. Uh, for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord. And he must drink no wine, nor is strong drink, and he will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from his mother's womb. Wow, what a beginning. What an exciting thing. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you. Now, I, I, I'm going to, just for the sake of the sermon, I'm going to say, Zachariah, what were you thinking? You were told by the angel you were heard. So you know there's a connection to heaven. And you saw the angel. And the angel is prophesying. Yeah. Now why are you going to make such a stupid statement coming up next? And he does. Because he's human. I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess if I saw an angel and uh, I, would, I would blabber what he's blabbering next, how will I know? Then I, then I would... Uh, I have to judge myself on that too. But I'm looking at that situation where he was, had so much going for him from the heavenly realm. Now he's going to ask one of the dumbest questions. He says, and he will turn, and, this is still the angel speaking, verse 16, and he will turn and cause the return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. Again, the angel still speaking, verse 17, and he will bring and go forth uh, before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers and the children and be distinguished and incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom and the upright, which is the knowledge of the holy, this is the amplified, love of the will of God. 
in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared, inspired, adjusted, and disposed, and placed at the right moral state. So man, that angel is just reading out all these wonderful things. Then comes the statement, Zechariah said to the angel, By what shall I know and be sure of this? And the whole thing was hinging on one thing. Shut up. <laughs> Everything was hinging on one thing. Zechariah, you were chosen. You were prayed over. John was selected. But if we don't tape up your lips with duct tape to cause you not to nullify what you are thinking right now, in your heart there is, there is well, out of the abundance of the heart, Zechariah is speaking. And again, what would you have said? What would I have said? What, what, but the bottom line is we can look at it and say, I better not be saying that. If the Lord came to me right now and said, you know what? You're going to go back to Germany and uh, you're going you're gonna to have these tremendous meetings and all that kind of stuff and you're just blah, blah, blah and all that kind of stuff. What would my response be? Um, how will I know? You know, how will I know the plane won't crash on the way over? How will I know? You know, like, you, you, he goes back to the natural. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that the word that we're supposed to release is on our lips and in our heart. In our heart, because we loaded it and it's in there. And then it goes on our lips. Be it unto me, says Mary. Be it unto me, the way you declared it. Be it unto me. How did she know? She'd never been with a man. And there had been no immaculate conceptions before. Be it unto me. Sure, let's do this. Let's, yeah. Says Mary about Jesus. Zach didn't say that. Zach said, how am I going to know? Remember I said that he brings forth from his heart evil? No, he's not a bank robber. He's not a fornicator. But he came forth with an evil report. Or an evil statement across his lips. That would have... I don't know if God would have selected somebody else. Let's, let's leave Zechariah and John and find somebody else. But they are right now hanging by a string who could short circuit the whole thing. So I want to relate that to your life and my life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to short circuit things in my life. One of the main things to do is, is be discouraged and depressed and all these different things. How am I going to react to today? This is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But Monday's coming. Oh, the devil tells me Monday's coming. This is the day. It's Monday morning. And I will be glad. Oh, come on. That's that charismatic stuff. This is the day. Tuesday morning. I will rejoice and be glad. Wednesday morning. Wigglesworth danced. Danced for 10 to 12 minutes when he jumped out of bed. Oh, do I need to? No. You don't... You, you need to, to survive, but your life is, in that sense, in your hand. Yeah. What God has planned for you can be short-circuited. Yes, Say that with me. I, I thought he's got the whole world in his hand. Well, he sure got it in a mess. Yeah. Right. He sure got it in a mess. No, there, the demon said, have you come to torment us before the time is up? Yeah. Yeah. Have you come? And Jesus came into this world 
and did what he needed to do had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now he's got a people. That's why he says, if you believe me, okay, you're in this dark and crooked world. But if you believe me in Kelowna in this day, while, um, you know, this and this is going to happen. I'm not going to get into the negative. If this is going to happen, this is going to happen. You're going to stand up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. And you're going to be like some of the great faith people who, um, the one fellow who had an orphanage, what was his name again? George Mueller had the orphanage, and he's sitting at supper with all these little boys, and uh, gets a whisper in his ear saying, we don't have enough for breakfast. Oh my God, what are we going to do? He says, turns to him and says, it's not breakfast yet. There's hours in between that. And we get to stand before the Father. We get to praise. We get to speak the victory. We get to, you know, you, know, you can go to sleep and with worry in your heart. Or you get to praise. Get up early in the morning. Get the, get the praise and the speaking happening. Hallelujah. And guess what? He would say constantly, a potato truck broke down. And if potatoes were there, you know, or this would happen. Or somebody would knock at the door. And we've had that experience. We are getting kicked out of Rama Bible Training Center. One day left. And uh, we decided that we we're going to stand on the Word of God. We didn't tell anybody about it. Didn't say anything. At the 10th day, you get kicked out of Bible school. Sorry, you didn't pay your tuition. Goodbye. Because they gave you 10 days of grace. And I know we were praying that evening. Um, and about 11 o'clock at night, there was a knock on the door. And somebody gave us $400. Of which we gave... A portion of that to someone else that was struggling and we continued in Bible school. We had Christian renters in our house. We had a, a house, a, a top and bottom uh, floor and we rented that out and the Christian ones weren't paying the rent. <laughs> they gave us a card later and says, well, you're going to a faith Bible school. Why do you need our rent? You know, like, like, no. you know, just like, hello, McFly, you know, just you know, but uh, we made it through. We made it through Bible school. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you would pick up a, 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 about the size of this Bible, maybe in half of a load of chicken wings back then for 11 cents and stir it in with rice and, and uh, things would taste really good. But uh, praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we've walked in some, but you know what? We can walk away. There can be a next, we could overcome that mountain and say, huh. No, that wasn't that bad. I said, whoa, Rocky Mountains right in front of us. What are we going to do with the next one? What are we going to say off of our lips? How deep is the word in my heart? That is going to speak the victory. Anyways, you know the story where uh, Zechariah said to the angels, how will I know and be sure? That's not faith. People want sure, sureness beforehand. How am I going to go through that mist without seeing what I need to see. You're not going to see it. Go. Speak the victory. And the angel replied to him. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And I was sent to talk to you. And to bring you this good news. I believe he was speaking that firm. He come from God. And you got somebody here that's not going to pick up the, 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 the chain link. Of how to bring salvation to this planet. So the angel is very firm. And lo, you will be um, and continue to be silent and not able to speak. Why did he do that? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your lips will speak. 
So if we don't cause him not to speak, there's going to be trouble for John the Baptist. All these things that were prophesied will never come to pass. You will be silent, not able to speak until the day when these things take place because you have not believed what I told you. No, I'm just questioning uh, how is this going to be? No, that's unbelief. You're not going to see everything clearly. Amen? You're not... Faith and sight are two different things. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. And again, I, I heard somebody say, what if, so if the Lord showed you that tomorrow someone's going to steal your car, you're going to find it in the lake, but it's all going to work out with your insurance and, and all that kind of stuff. You don't need faith. You just kind of like, well, it's going to happen. You even leave the keys in the ignition, right? Just, just oh, well, it's going to happen. You, you've had sight. You've had a vision. Now stand on that. But, but faith without having that kind of a vision, that you and your family are going to make it until the day that he calls you home because he never appointed you unto wrath. He never said the righteous will be forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Never. Never, never said David. But what about all the starving Christians? I don't know. I think we need to preach them the Bible. Because God never said, never said that his supply will run out. He never said, I told you about this, the battalion of men, not as that read Psalm 91 before they went into battle. They never lost a soldier. Now you could say, oh, that, pfft, maybe they weren't on the front line. Maybe they, you know, maybe the guns were jammed from the other side. No, I'm believing God and his word. And so if that's all I have left is the word, that's what we got to stand on. You can't depend on anything but Jesus. Nothing. Thank God for prayer chain. Thank God for friends that agree with you in prayer. Thanks God for spouses that are lifting you up in prayer. You know, all that kind of stuff. But when the bottom line comes, it's what's in our heart that's going to matter or not. Amen. Now the people kept waiting, verse 21, for Zechariah. And they wondered, verse 21, at his delay so long in the sanctuary. I don't know, maybe he's trying out his vocal cords and they're not working. You know, it's just nothing's working. The angel says, you've got to shut up. You can't speak. You can't nullify the deal here. So, but when he did come out, he was able to speak to them. He was, when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them. And they clearly perceived that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. And he kept making signs to them. As, as still he remained dumb. And when his time of performing priestly functions was ended, he returned to his own house. Well, there was no fighting in that house because he couldn't speak. And after that, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she secluded herself entirely, saying, "It, I have to hide myself. And you know how it all goes down. He gets his voice back, and he calls his name John. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. What do I get out of that story? I'm not Zachariah. I'm not John the Baptist. You know, what am I going to get out of that story? And you all know that. Even all the wonderful prophecies, I've had a few over our life, all of them that were prophesied over John, only part of them came true. Because he began to doubt when he got thrown into prison that Jesus was the one. I don't want to go. That's a whole story. He got offended. 
And Jesus said, you know, if you don't get offended, uh, you're going to be blessed. But that's, I don't want to go there. But think about it. Even if I walked up to you and said, the Lord just told me and I prophesied, it will still be up to you to bring it to pass. By not negating, ah, oh, that was just Pastor Dieter. Oh, you know, that's not that important. And, and uh, you know, you can negate what God wanted for you. Don't do it. In closing, Psalm 34. Again, here is David. Uh, he has 400 guys show up to it with it, him in a cave called, called Abdullah. A cave where he was... Uh, he ran to after being chased by Saul. So picture 400 guys sitting you. That's uh, uh, two times the amount of chairs that we have here. 400 guys are looking at you and wondering what to do next. The Bible says they were all depressed. They were broke. They were hurt. There was something going on in their lives. They were, none of, it doesn't say that one of them was very successful or had favor with the king or whatever. All of them are in trouble, the Bible says. Again, I just want to pick out one aspect of that. So David, after running away from Saul and even acting stupid uh, before the king where he was scribbling on the door, he gets into this cave and finally, I believe, the Holy Spirit tunes him up. And he says, he finally, I believe, finally, this is what's so encouraging. John the Baptist, I can look at his life and say, well, he was a cousin of Jesus. That's why he did pretty good and all that kind of stuff. Or this one did good because, you know, Paul did good because he saw the heavens. And, and David did good because of this and this and that. David messed up his life too. David ran in fear. David did a lot of things that, that he had to pull himself out of Make a decision to listen to that inner voice and go deep again. He had to go deep with the word of God. And so Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I believe I, believe I could see him sitting there saying, boy, if they only knew all these 400 guys, 400, that's 800 eyeballs. Well, maybe somebody was missing an eye. All looking at you saying, David, we're broke. Nothing's working out. David, David, we're your mind. They weren't the mighty men yet. David, we're looking to you for leadership. David, what can you tell us? Help us. Can, can, can we borrow your credit card? David, do you have money for us? David, can you pray for us? David, can you, you know, David, help us. They're all broke depressed. David, pray for me. And he's going to have to dig deep. He's going to have to rekindle the flame that went out. Yeah. And he has to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. I can see him, oh my goodness, I haven't been doing this here. I will bless the Lord at all times. The praise shall be continually in my mouth. My life will make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble and the afflicted hear and be glad. And they're all like, what? We're supposed to praise God all the time? We're supposed to say all these wonderful things? I could see them all looking, looking at their neighbors saying, is that what he means? You know, is that, is that his advice for us today? Do, 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 really, does he know my situation? Oh, he doesn't. No, he, I'm a special case. He doesn't know my situation. No, you're not a special case. The word of God is meant for everybody. Amen. And so along he goes and he says, magnify the Lord. The angels, verse 7, camp around them that fear the Lord. Uh, um, 
Fear the Lord all his saints, verse 9. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but those that seek inquire of, require of the Lord by right of their need, on the authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. On what? The authority of the deep, deep, deep word that we speak the victory over. Now here's the important thing. He looks up at him and he says, Come, you children. Listen to me. I will teach you to revere and worship and fear the Lord. I'm going to show you something here. What man is he that desires life and longs for many days? That he may go and see good. You all seem bad right now. But you want to have a life and desire long life and many days? They're all 800 hands go up. Yes, yes, David, lay it on us, please. Okay, keep your tongue, verse 13, from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. They're all like, what? Yes, keep your tongue from evil. What is evil, David? Well, when God says to do something and you don't do it, like take the promised land, and they, they send out ten, 12 spies, and uh, two of them came back with a good report, 10 came back with a bad report, and they all said that we can't do it. I know God said we should do it, but we can't do it. And what was it? It's an evil report. You just said to God, God, I don't trust you. I don't know. How do I know? You walk into the promised land. These guys, the Nephtalin, are huge. They're big. they got muscles the size of your waist. And you're going to go in there and you're going to take them? And you look at your 12-inch arms and you're not going to take them. But God said to take them. So your case right now is not special. You are one of many that are going to overcome your situation. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil, unbelief, and all those things that are contrary to God. I'm adding that in there, but that's what evil means. Verse 14 again. Depart from evil, do good, seek and inquire for, and crave peace, pursue it, and go after it. The eyes of the Lord, then, I could put the word then, the eyes of the Lord are towards the uncompromisingly righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Do you have an impossible situation? Kids, marriage, finances. Hallelujah. You're going to walk out of here today. I'm going to speak this over you. You're going to walk out like a giant in the faith. You're going to walk out and grab a hold of this here. No way is a demon from hell going to steal this out of your heart. No way are you going to say, yeah, but I'm he just doesn't know what's going on in my life. No way, Jose, are you going to walk into the trenches of darkness and allow your lips to speak deceit and guile. No way, Jose. You're going to be a leader in the faith. You are. You're going to grab a hold of this word. You're going to be the next Kenneth Hagin or Oral Roberts. You're going to grab a hold. You're going to rise up high. Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Always Rodney Howard Brown. You're going to rise higher. Rodney Howard Brown came from Africa. And he had all his goods packed into a little car. Included in that car was a respirator system for his daughter. 
They had nothing. And he's one of the most influential, powerful people. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Did go through a tragedy with his daughter, as did uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth with his son. But they go on. They know the mark of the high calling. And we're not going to let nothing pull us down. We're going over, not under, in the name of Jesus. And if you enjoyed this message today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I invite you this morning, according to the scripture we already read, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where life begins. That's where all that I shared today begins. Jesus comes in. Your sins are taken care of. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things pass away and all things become new. Can I pray for you? Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and that you rose again from the dead. I confess with my mouth and believe it in my heart according to your word that makes me a child of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. That's what the Bible says. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. If you've done that and called on the name of the Lord, call us at 250-862-3044. We would love to send you material um, uh, and pray for you further. 250-862-3044. You are now a child of God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And we're going to pray for you. If you need prayer today, we're going to pray a prayer, prayer of agreement and a word and commandment of faith is something.